And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody. Welcome here to another edition here of Show Blitz as Mass Steel Podcast presents the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Minnesota Vikings pregame show, uh, which will be airing live uh, tomorrow on Thursday Night Football which would be, believe it or not, the Steelers' first uh, trip back to Minnesota since 2005. And guess what? Mike Tomlin was not the head coach. It was then Bill Cowher, which ironically around this time is where the Steelers made their run, ending the regular season with a four-game win streak, beginning with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Vikings were number two on that list, followed by the Browns, and then to conclude with the Detroit Lions. So, First time in a long time. Remember the last time the Steelers did play on the road, uh, faced Vikings, it was not in Minnesota. Actually, as a matter of fact, it was in London back uh, in 2013. And that was the final game of the four-game losing streak that would start off their season, in which you would see them finish 8-8, eight eight and eight, barely missing the playoffs uh, due to all the crazy circumstances. Uh, tomorrow kickoff time will be at 7 20 p.m. as we uh, take a look at that and uh, good evening we got like a great uh, schedule coming up here right now as we uh, look at as uh, this game will be uh, airing uh, tomorrow on uh, Fox and FL Prime uh, for tomorrow so you got uh, right now I mean some interesting uh that's going on over here. I mean, you look at more particularly, I mean, you talk about Ben Rosper, his struggles as of uh, late this year. You look at a guy on the, on the opposite end of that, uh, Kirk Cousins, who has not been uh, done well at all in uh, on the road in prime time, if you think about it. And uh, what, when you look at it right there, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, his record – I mean, for the most part, when he's uh, played, especially on uh, Thursday night football, he is two and four overall, which includes being two and one at home. But his overall record when playing under the lights on a primetime stage, he is nine games under 500, a career eight and 17 uh, win loss record, uh, completing about nearly 68% of his passes. Uh, he's got 45 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. I think the only good thing this year about him is that he's got a decent offensive line uh, protecting him right about now. And I, I will say this right now. I mean, this is a lot at stake right now. I mean, you look at the Vikings right now. Uh, there's like Steelers in a way in a similar situation. Uh, trying to fight for a playoff spot. I mean, the, the division is pretty much slam close. We all know who pretty much is getting that. That should be the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they're going to be uh, facing uh, Sunday Night Football, hosting the Chicago Bears, uh, as we look at it right there. And 
you look at the Vikings right now. I mean, you look at a guy like Mike Zimmer, who has been here since 2014. Uh, some people around the media uh, nationally have been uh, having the feeling that his end is probably coming uh, to a close with this team. Then again, you look at the other side of it too. Mike Tomlin, once again, who has done well in his uh, Steelers uh, career as head coach here. So there's a lot of things to like really uh, take a look at in some perspective here. I think right now, I mean, Mike Tomlin, like I said, listen, he'll always be the coach of this team. But I am going to continue to say, too, right now, I mean, when you got a reminder, when the guy, guy like Mason Ruff, who had to fill in for Ben Rosberg, when they had an opportunity at hand uh, to at least move into a first-place tie, owning a tiebreaker over the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, versus the Lions, instead they ended up going for a tie, I pretty much thought that kind of defined their season. Maybe not yet. I mean, they lost two games in a row uh, brutally uh, ever since then. And you look at it right now, I mean, I mean, just one of the horrific things here, too. I mean, basically, give up about over 1,571 yards in those three games, uh, which Steelers uh, given up uh, when they were in that three-game Funk and they're trying and they uh got that off thankfully uh versus Baltimore Ravens uh this past Sunday. But when you take a look at the numbers right here, I mean, look at I mean, by the defense, I mean, as the season went on, the defense, the run defense definitely started to fall and fold. I mean, 229 yards uh versus Detroit Lions, we look at it right there. I mean, obviously, in that game, there was uh, a lot of DeAndre uh, Swift right there. Uh, Gaston for 130 yards off of 33 carries. Then you look at the next game, too. I mean, which is pretty much all done. Justin uh, Herbert right there doing a lot of uh, running on here. Pretty much outgained his uh, running uh, back, Austin Eckler. Justin Herbert had nine running attempts for 90 yards off those run pass options right there, if you take a look at it. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown off, off the ground, but he did throw for uh, three touchdowns with a pick in that game. And then you also look at, too, I mean, the last game they lost, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Once again, only Badgen scored 10 points versus Bengals this year, getting swept by them for the first time since 2009. I mean, look at it right there. I mean, I mean in that game, you had Joe Mixon, once again, being the bad guy in this uh, rivalry right here between Steelers and Bengals, uh, gaining 165 yards off of 28 carries, ran in for two touchdowns, and uh, he, he, he did a lot of damage control in that uh, route of the Steelers. But then you also fast forward, too, I mean, to the Baltimore Ravens. Finally got things a little under control. Yes, they did give up another 100-yard game on the ground, 107 yards. Uh, Kept Lamar Jackson only 55 yards. Uh, Devontae Freeman, he had 52 yards off 14 carries right there. So I think they did pretty well. And for the most part, I mean, when you look back at that game, being able to sack Lamar Jackson seven times, I think if anything, I think that had to be encouraging. I mean, once again, I mean, in that game right there, I mean, the Steelers, like I said, I mean, a lot of people point to the injuries as far as uh, why 
you know, this defense is a clicking. I definitely believe it's been, you know, highly suspect uh, all year. Listen, I, I, I like the defense. They got a solid defense. Yes, you got injuries, but at the same time, too, like I said, I do believe a loss like Steve Nelson, when they, who they released in the offseason, that was a huge loss. Joe Hayden ain't really doing much this year. He hasn't had any picks at all this year, and we're not sure if he's going to be able to come back at all for the season. I mean, he looks like he might be shelved for the rest of the year. So you got all these concerns uh, looming around here. Look at it. And for the most part, too, this is a, a game right now. Both teams is pretty much kind of like do or die for this season here. Because if you're going to really look at it and, like, take a look, I mean, right now, uh, it is definitely something you got to reckon with. I mean, you got a, another opportunity to get this thing right. And right now, I mean, Bob Pompeiani thinks that they cannot afford to lose no more than one game the rest of the way. It is that tight? I mean, basically. I mean, I still think they could lose two games and possibly still get in. But, I mean, you're going to have to ask for a lot of help uh, from people in the division. I, I definitely seem to kind of, like, lean towards – yeah, at least for the division, you can't afford to lose like another game here at this point. I mean, there's no clear runaway uh, favorite just yet. I mean, they're only a game and a half behind the Baltimore Ravens right now as it stands. So you're you're hoping, I mean, like coming up uh, this scenario right now, I mean, if the Steelers are able to win this game, I mean, this – I mean, tomorrow night on Fox at 7.20 p.m., you are going to need the Ravens to lose to the Browns, which this time it will be in Cleveland. Remember, the Browns, they do face Browns twice. They're coming off their bye as they're coming up short in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, I should say. And then you would also need the Bengals uh, to lose uh, this week, uh, too. Because right now, they're only, I mean, if you think about it, too, I mean, for this part, they got a uh, host. Let's see. Not sure if they're hosting. No, they're going to be playing in San Francisco uh, versus four, 49ers in Santa Clara right there. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who are having a, a terrific season so far, but still a lot of people ain't taking them seriously. They're only a game back. Remember, they own one half of that tiebreaker. So the Steelers, for them to gain any more ground in this division, I mean, basically, I think they would have to not only uh, win tomorrow, but you would also need to – I think you would need both the Ravens and Bengals to lose. I didn't get a chance to do the math. But, I mean, it is that neck and neck because right now uh, – no, I actually, I think Ravens lose. So that, that's what we got right here. This is what we're facing. I mean, going into this game. And let's get right into it right now. Uh, TJ Watt, I, I concluded pretty much towards the end of my last uh, podcast a couple of nights ago. And again, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can definitely do so. It is on Twitter at MassDLCJR and on Instagram at Nation. I mean, driving home from work yesterday and, uh, like hearing from the Cook and Joke show, including a 93.7 fan, 
Bob Papiani, who usually uh, comes in on Mondays, he'll sometimes do like a Tuesday appearance uh, if one of the hosts is out or he was off on Monday. He's usually the third man there on Mondays, usually, but he was in there uh, with Ron Cook and basically TJ Watt. Can you actually believe we're talking? Uh, obviously, I mean, him like possibly getting defensive player of the year. I mean, which has been a long time coming for him, who still continues to perform even after missing games. Because without him in the lineup, I mean, when, when you really uh, think about the Steelers' uh, team right now, I mean, who has uh, definitely missed them significantly, I mean, at times. I mean, for the most part, I mean, he is just so much uh, value. I mean, you got him and Cam Hayward playing such a terrific tandem here. And uh, T.J. Watt, I mean, this year in particular, I mean, when, when you truly look at it, I mean, the, the games he has only missed so far have been the Bengals and the Chargers game. And they have lost both those games. And right here, I mean, when, when you look at a guy who, who right now in his career, as it stands, I mean, I mean you figure, I mean, just drafting this guy, I mean, how much the Steelers struck gold on this guy when they got him back in 2017 out of Wisconsin here. And what he's met, I mean, he's got 16 uh, sacks right now, which is his career high, one more better than last year. I mean, he's got 26 uh, quarterback hits right now, 16 tackles for a loss. I mean, like I said, he's already tied the single-season sack record for the Steelers that he represents. But basically, he needs another seven more sacks, basically averaging a sack and a half a game to get the sack record, uh, which was broken by uh, Michael Strahan here uh, 20 years ago. And I'm just interesting because here, here are the arguments right here. I mean, when you look at the Steelers who are 0-2 right now, and I mean, they've lost without him. I think maybe this time for the Steelers team MVP, probably Cam Hayward, but I'll tell you what, if they're managing to able to get in the playoffs, he sets the record uh, for single single sacks. I mean, sacks in the single season right there. Uh, that will be pretty darn impressive because for it to like really uh, happen because remember, uh, Michael Strahan broke uh, Lawrence Taylor's record of 20 and a half. No, excuse me, not 20 and a half. Excuse me. I mean, he, he had 22 and a half. He uh, beat in uh, for, for that one. Looks like it was uh, Chris Doma of the Minnesota uh, Vikings. Uh, he passed uh, that year. Uh, in the, in that season, or Mark Jackson now, excuse me. Anyway, I mean, the record was set 20 years ago. I mean, this is a real precious record right here. But, I mean, if he sets a single-season sack record, 
uh, carries his team into the playoffs. You, you already look like how the Steelers lost, pretty much got blown out without him in each of those games. First, the Bengals and the L.A. Chargers, basically. I mean, they lost 10-24, to 24, I mean, versus the Bengals the first time, then 10-41 to 41 the, the second time. But I mean, he was in the lineup in that one. But then the Chargers game gave up 41 points. So you basically right there giving up 65 points in those games without T.J. Watt. I mean, in the one game versus the Bengals, they had no sacks in that game on Joe Burrow. They got him this time. They stopped them for two. But league MVP, I don't know about anyone else. Uh, I think he not only has to set the sack record, carry his team into the playoffs, but I'd say minimal. If he could get them to the AFC championship game, or get him to the Super Bowl. That's how you get league MVP. I'm not sure if setting the sack record, carrying him into the playoffs will be enough to garner, garnish both of those awards right there. I think he'd have to do something like, because being in the playoffs is one thing. I mean, Aaron Donald pretty much did that a year ago. Now, defense player of the year awards, it's usually meant for defensive players. And he'd be joining some elite category right here uh, if he's able to do it. I mean, Alan Page was the very first one to win uh, league MVP. And, of course, uh, defensive player of the year. He did that, let's see, back in uh, 1971, I believe it was. Let's take a look at it right now. As uh, you guys are joining me here out of the late edition of Showbuds of the Master Steel Podcast. Yeah, 1971 is where he won both the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. He was the first one to do it. Then fast forward 15 years later, it was replicated by Michael Strahan. I mean, uh, Lawrence Taylor, LT. He got the trifecta. Not only winning Defensive Player of the Year, winning MVP, but he also added an exclamation point by winning that Super Bowl that year. And uh, it was just something incredible to watch. And, I mean, they actually think that he's on that level right now of all the guys. I mean, you could argue J.J. Watt before, his brother. I mean, like I said, I mean, Aaron Donald's another guy. I mean, it's very rare that we see this come up. But, I mean, it's, it's not like it's been no secret that, you know, people in the media and voters have pondered about seeing a defense player once again earning league MVP. I, I'm just not sure if it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it has to – It has to. he has to carry this team to the playoffs, set the sack record, and go to the Super Bowl. I think that's how you pry both those awards right there. I mean, in my opinion. I mean, Alan Page, I mean, it was a different era for what he did. And – Notice that year, too. I remember uh, he did not take his team to the Super Bowl that year. Now, the Super Bowl that year in 1971 was played between the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys, which wound up proved to be Don Shula's second loss in the Super Bowl. So the Vikings did come up short in that one. But still, I mean, they had a hell of a run. I mean, making four Super Bowls in those 70s. 
uh, losing all four of them. And uh, here, here you go with uh, TJ right now. I mean, he he has to be on that level where he really wills his team. I and mean, you got to look at a guy like Ben Rosberger. Only so many more games we're going to see this uh, guy play in, and that's about it. So let, let's go ahead and uh, continue back along. Uh, ben Rosberger, speaking of which, uh, he compared TJ Watt to Troy Palomalo, end quote. To be a game changer on defense is truly special. He should be recognized. I don't know who else is defense player of the year other than that guy. He should absolutely get league MVP votes as well. Uh, Cam Hayward will also echo that. I uh, said that Watt plays with anger on the field. Where does it come from? Truly, am so lucky to do this. And that's why I put so much into it. That's why so much passion comes out, out on game days. It's authentic and real. But Watt says he can flip the switch. And I believe him right now. I mean, this is a guy who, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, kind of pretty much bet on himself, keeping himself in shape. I mean, and, and here we are. Uh, he just continues to get better and better each year. I mean, with this team. I mean, it's just uh, he just continues to progress. And I'm not going to lie to you. If I ever had to do like an all-time Steelers team, he's in highly consideration right now to be on the all-time team, if you ask me. I mean, I mean, you look at me like each of the seasons. Let's, let's take a look at it right now. His sacks on average at least went up a sack a year. I mean, the only major bump he had was from uh, he had a sack and a half from 2018 to 2019. He had 13 in 2018 and then 14 and a half in 2019. And then basically a sack a year, 15 last year and now 16. I mean, that is incredible stuff right there. And just you wonder why people who want to continue to question this guy, why weren't you working out with your teammates in camp? Why were you dissing yourself? Why were you just, you know, like not participating in team reps? Well, I'll tell you what, all this right now, if you look at it here, I think this pretty much answers your question. Now, from a team perspective, I you know what he said at the beginning of this year. I mean, that. I mean, how much faith they put in him and how much he wants to end this with a championship at some point. They're calling Bob Rosberg his third. But, I mean, you look at guys like not just T.J. Watt. You look at a guy like a Cam Hayward who's put in the hard work and time here for the last decade since coming into this league. He wasn't even on that Super Bowl 45 team that they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Remember, they drafted them in the first round shortly after that Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's the guy who's been waiting a long time. He got his money a year ago, and we'll see what happens here. Because this is going to be uh, the bottom line right here. Uh, you talk about Ben Rosberg, his foul year. I mean, the Steelers got a lot at stake beyond this year. I mean, you're going to be having about 25 uh, free agents here. I mean, going into this offseason. Now, granted, they'll be having a lot of money to be spending here uh, going into the offseason uh, for 2022. I mean, when, when you uh, project it here, uh, the Steelers for 2022, as we take a look at, they're supposed to be having about over $43.7 million in cap space uh, freed up. 
and about 36.2 affected cap space. All right, and they'll be having about two over two and a half million dollars in dead money they'll have to account for. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm really willing to call it a rebuild, maybe an overhaul of the roster, reshuffling. Uh, I mean, I, I think you have to invest in some uh, offensive linemen first and foremost. That's number one. And you need to get some ball hawkers on defense. I mean, meet Fitz, Fitzpatrick right now. I mean, who's to say this money is being freed up, ain't trying to be ready to sign Meek Fitzpatrick? He's the next guy on the block. Now, the question is, do they give him top guaranteed dollar? I'm not sure about that. How much is he asking for? He's a guy, I, I do believe the Steelers want to keep him on long-term full. Remember, the guy's uh, fifth-year option uh, picked up right now. I mean, as it stands, I mean, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, I mean, he, he's just uh, doing – so he's going to be uh, taken care of for uh, 2022. And he, he is a guy right now – Basically, look at he right now. He's a guy. Uh, it's magic. He has been kind of silent a little bit this year, and he he's uh, made some uh, good plays. I mean, he's got like the other Steelers uh, intercept pair of Steelers interceptions right here. He's got two of them, so he they kind of heat up just a little bit. So he's leading the team interceptions with two. Uh, and there we have it right now. Uh, staying on this right now, uh, speaking of which, uh, with TJ Watt, just wrap up here. Uh, three and a half sacks on Sunday versus Ravens broke a tie with uh, New England Patriots linebacker uh, Matt Judon and also ahead of uh, defensive end Miles Garrett, who is currently 14. Browns are returning from their bye week, as I mentioned earlier. But Miles Garrett, he's going to be another one, too. So I hope they don't uh, look at that a little harder and probably look at Miles Garrett because that's the thing, too. I mean, defensive player of the year, I mean, are they going to look at right now as a guy playing off the line here? I mean, for the most part. I I, I hope not. I mean, because just he is clearly got the numbers right now. I mean, he's he's got the stats, and uh, he he's done pretty much everything up to this point to not uh, earn it, if you ask me. But for I mean, defensive player of the year, I I really believe it's like they're looking at like, can he uh, take this team to the playoffs? Because the last edge rusher to uh, win this award as an outside linebacker, and it's it's been rare. I mean, in the 21st uh, century in particular. And in the 21st century, you only had at least one, two, you had three outside linebackers win it. Uh, Cleo Mack back in 2016 uh, with the then Oakland Raiders. Prior to that, you had Terrell Suggs 10 years ago with the Baltimore Ravens. And then prior to that, James Harrison uh, back in 2008. And you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, their record as far as like what their players got it. I mean, when when you take a look at everything in perspective, too. I mean, 
James Harrison is like the only outside linebacker as far as the Steelers. So that's going to show you too. I mean, it's just how much emphasis they want to put on the double teams that a lineman has to take as opposed to an outside linebacker when you get a little bit more wiggle room. That's the point. So I think he has to set the sack record because I don't care if he wants to do it too. If he wants to, he's not that far off. But to be honest with you, this is the time right now. Now, so let's go ahead and give us some roster updates real quick. According to Dale Lally of DK Pittsburgh Sports, Phil's half signed punter through Crispin and long snapper Rex Sonahara uh, to the practice squad. Wide receiver Tyler Vaughn and linebacker Linda Stevens have been released. Uh, the injury report for this week, Steelers, they will be without four key players in this matchup. Uh, Joel Hayden, we already know about the foot injury that he uh, suffered uh, versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, and that tie right there, uh, he is ruled out along with inside linebacker uh, Robert Splade. He's got a knee injury. Uh, guard, backup guard, uh, BJ, backup guard and center, BJ Fitty, he has a back. And then last but not least, nose tackle, uh, starting nose tackle, who's been filling in as of late, Isaiah Bugs with an ankle injury. For the Vikings, they will be without two players, wide receiver and Thielen, ankle, and left tackle Christian Derrissaw. I think uh, Thielen is going to probably be the one that's going to be the pull for them in that game, uh, which would be real concerning. Other than that, they do list a few people questionable, such as running back Delvin Cook, a shoulder who leads the team and rushing his second in scrimmage yards on his team, second or third, I believe it is. Uh, then you got uh, Sam, uh, linebacker Blake Litch, uh, hip, and safety, uh, who's uh, free safety, Cameron Bynum, dealing with an ankle. So now let's go ahead and get to the keys to the game uh, for this one. Key number one, I'm going to keep saying this like a broken record until they get a little bit more consistent. Did a good job starting off with the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday. Have to stop the run. Because uh, like I said, Delvin Cook, remember, he is questionable with a shoulder injury. So it's not ruled out that he won't play We'll see. And if he does, he's going to be limited. And if you also look at the Vikings, too, on their roster, too, who could also uh, run the ball here in this contest. I mean, you look at it right here. I mean, going into this matchup uh, for tomorrow on Thursday night, you also got out. Let's see. Sorry for Delvin Cook. You got Alex Zeller, um, Madison. He's got 183 yards for the year off of 24 carries. Uh, the yards per attempt is pretty much uh, similar. Excuse me, no, I was reading the receiving yards. Let me retract that. That was our uh, Madison. He's got 405 yards off 110 uh, carries, 3.7 yards attempt, nearly four yards. So he can also do just as much damage on the ground. But like I said, with a guy like uh, Delvin Cook, if he is ready to go, he is second on the team in school yards. 75 yards off 198 touches, uh, including he's been uh, he's caught 27 of the 39 targets for 202 uh, receiving yards, but all four of his touchdowns have come on the ground. So you I'm red alert for either of those two. They could be a tandem tomorrow. We'll see. Number two, keeping the drops under control. Deontay Johnson right now. He's done a magnificent job, in my opinion. I think he's he's worked his butt off to get to this point. Uh, but the only problem is he's still, right now, he's 
444 passes. Uh, he has caught 76 of off 120 targets. But yet, I mean, when you look at it, he leads his team in reception yards and touchdowns, 914 receiving yards and six touchdowns for the year. So that is going to be key right there. I like to see him balance it out with some tight ends. Hopefully, Fire Move will be uh, okay, ready to go. Uh, I, I think uh, he would be right there. I mean, along with uh, Zach Gentry, uh, they kind of help out the receiving core a little bit. Chase Claypool's only got one receiving uh, touchdown for the year, uh, which is a little bit uh, shocking right there, if you ask me. Because uh, it that is uh, something you don't normally hear uh, too much. I mean, uh, which, I mean, Firemoof is the second guy on this list. He is tied with the team leading a touchdown with Johnson with six as well and caught for 353 yards off of 43 receptions. He's only dropped 14 balls this year. So keep the drops under control. And last but not least, keep Don Brownsburg on his feet. Uh, DJ Wonham, uh, who's fifth on his team with uh, three sacks as the defense bad, he is a starter. Uh, he is also, according to Next Chance Stats, as the fastest on his team uh, with getting to the quarterback in 2.4 uh, seconds. I mean, this guy right here could definitely do some damage right here. I mean, you look at some other guys right here. Uh, Daniel Hunter, he has six. He's a lean one, along with Everson Griffin. Uh, both guys right there. Uh, like I said, and, and you look at, like, uh, I mean, going into this matchup, too. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line is first the Steelers. When you look at, like, uh, sacks being surrendered this year, uh, for the most part, I mean, the Vikings are pretty much the third best protecting the quarterback. They've only allowed 18 for the year. Steelers have allowed uh, 25, the uh, 14th uh, best. So that's going to be a real key right there. Uh, quarterback pressures. And I, you know what? You talk about TJ Watt right now. You better believe that they're going to probably they're going to try and game up for this guy and try and limit and slow him down. And that's going to be this it for this edition here. Show blitz of the Steelers versus Vikings pregame show here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Once again, you can follow me, Charles Prodigy Ritchie, on Twitter, at Prodigy Ritchie, and on Instagram, at Mass Steel Nation. As I leave you, don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I got it.